1: Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends. You can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit MinuteClinic at CVS. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for
2: details. If you're looking to spice up your intimacy and your sex life in particular, I highly recommend Romantic Escapades CBD infused massage oil and Honey Pots CBD infused silicone-based personal lubricant. Uh, as someone who's been in a, a long-term relationship with my wife, uh it's been an incredible experience using these products. I'm not someone who's usually pumping products all the time, but I really wanted to get this one out because I think it is uh, really bought even more intimacy into our lives. And it's just fun to use. I mean, sex is fun. Having more fun during it is, uh makes it even more enjoyable. And what makes this even better is the founders, Dennis and Jesse, are just lovely people, uh, really connected with Dennis on a call. And I just love what they're doing. So get out there and get some more spiciness and excitement in your love life with Romantic Escapade and Honeypot. And for a special um, if you go to, uh, the website, uh, if you go to, uh, fantasticescapades.com, uh, you can use my code, Dr. D 20, spell out doctor, and then D 20 to get 20% off your purchase. Guys, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. All right, Eric, you made it onto Dr. D's social network. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you were referred to me by Layla London, I'm pretty sure. Yep. I love Layla, by the way. She's amazing. She's amazing.
1: She's fabulous.
2: Right. Curious Girl Diaries. And you've been on it several times on that podcast, right?
1: Yeah. Her and me did a trifecta. So I was on there three different times. We it was went, a three-way. We, 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 <laughs> yeah, we had our own personal <laughs> little three-way. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, dove into a whole bunch of different topics. So, yeah, I'm, she's, she's amazing. And I'm excited what we're going to dive into today. So
2: Yeah. So, you know, when I'm doing a project with her and she was like, you know, we're doing more work together. I want you to talk to some of the people that have been on my podcast. I was like, yeah, bring it on, man. I love to talk about different topics and certainly sex and all the different avenues related to sex. I think we need to be able to talk about this on a public Aspect we we don't need to be so prudish a bit about it as a society, I believe. So we're gonna jump into this. Let's talk about your background, kind of your beginnings, and how you got into this industry, and then we'll kind of get into the evolution of that.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, well, I guess first when we're talking industry, which industry are we speaking? Okay, about? the
2: adult industry. Here we
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me. Wow, the whole journey actually started close to you in uh, Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was attending university there. I was going to Simon Fraser University. And yeah. then I left that establishment and I went to the West Coast College of Massage Therapy. And while I was there on lunch break one day, I was, you know, grabbed my lunch, sitting in the sort of, we had this little cafeteria there. And I grabbed theirs. They had these little local newspapers and, you know, I had the band listings, like what's going on in the city, everything. So I'm thumbing through that. And I turned the page and it's like, bam, I see this four inch by four inch ad looking for, um, women and couples to do a porno movie. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, I was shocking. This was 1997. And, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend of mine who, you know, she used to joke. She'd be like, Oh, you know, you're, you're well hung. You could do porn and movies. I'm like, yeah. yeah, thanks, sweetheart, whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> you're just any girl that you're with is going to say you're amazing. Oh my, um, God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So, so I didn't really think about it that much, but when I saw the ad, I was like, Hmm, interesting. Right. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give these guys a call. And I did. And of course, like, every good porno company out there back in that time, uh, they hung up on me, oh. which I totally, totally understood in retrospect, because, you know, we are talking about an age that predates Viagra predates any th- sort of performance enhancing thing that yeah. they have on the market now. And you could either do it or you couldn't. And no company was willing to gamble the dice on you that you could be one of the 0.1%.
2: I see. I see. So it was, is interesting. Had you had an interest in porn before this or was it like, cause it didn't seem like it, like it shocked you, but you seem like you went for it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it was interesting because there, there wasn't, I mean, I mean, obviously like, like any red blooded teenager, I mean, sure you had your skin mags and whatever, but um, no, it was just like, I, I loved women and, and it's sort of like, it was so fascinating to me when, when this opportunity came and I was like, huh. And cause I thought about my ex-girlfriend, I'm like, well, she always said you'd be good at that. And <laughs> yeah, I just thought what the hell. Right. Right. So called them up, they hung up on me and I was like, okay, not meant to be, went back to school. Right. Doing my, doing my schoolwork and it was probably I don't know, six months, seven months later, same scenario, cafeteria, grab the newspaper, looking through, bam, another ad from this company. And I was like, ah, oh, what is this? Right. And I thought to myself, I said, well, Jesus, you really didn't put that much work in. Right. I said, okay. <laughs> let's, let's try again. So I called them, call, call, call. And, uh, one day I actually got the owner on the phone and, uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, how about you come down to our studio and, you know, we can take some Polaroids of you and we can see if you got what it takes, you know, equipment wise. <laughs> and he said, maybe one day we could get you a job somewhere. Yeah. I said, well, Hey, that's better than being hung up on. So I, uh, I went down there, um, you know, they had this little studio that was actually in East Vancouver in this sort of grimy neighborhood. Yeah. And Went knocked on this big metal door. Uh they opened it up and they they looked at me and they said, Are you Mitch? I said, Yep. And they looked me square in the eye and they said, Uh, you fuck a girl first right now.
2: Whoa.
1: Yeah, and and I was just like,
0: oh,
1: uh, and I let out this tiny little squeal of like a
0: yep. <laughs> and um
1: that was it. That was it. About Yeah, 10, 15 minutes later, I was doing my first scene ever.
2: Wow. I mean, they were into it. and So they saw something in you, clearly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't even that. It was purely right place, right time. Wow. That was it. It just so happened that um, there was a a young lady that they had worked with before. Mm -hmm. She happened to be hanging out at their studio. So she was already there. I showed up. They said,
0: hey let's
1: see if the kids can see. do it. And, <laughs> and I did. And, um, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. I was just thinking like, oh, this is going to be a great story. Oh I, my I'm goodness. 85 years old. <laughs> I'm in Depends diapers, right? Like I'm in the old folks home. I'm going to have the coolest story to tell all the guys. Yeah. And because uh, and, I wasn't thinking this is going to be a career. I thought nothing about it. So it was all done. And they paid me a little bit of money, which was more than I was making at my security job at the time. So I thought, okay cool like peace see you guys later and about three days later my phone rings and it's those guys and they say hey you come by the studio and do that again and I was (laughs) like oh okay and yeah later on I found out I was the only guy that had come by that was able to do it
2: wow so the other other guys came they couldn't perform or, yeah, what...
1: they, they, so, so the, the owner actually did all the scenes because every guy that they had tried had failed. Wow. Yeah.
2: Wow. What was the scene like at that time? And let's in Canada, was porno a big thing in Canada? What's the difference like in the scene there versus what you uh, maybe discovered in, in the States with it?
1: Well, it, it that would also be which part of Canada? Oh well, that's true. BC
2: versus like yeah, like the interior Quebec. versus yeah, exactly. What were yeah, the, the different the, attitudes t- about the, it?
1: The two big differences um the, the scene that was going on in Vancouver at the time was was very um it had a real low end amateur feel to it.
2: Okay.
1: Nobody was professional. Um whereas in Quebec it was totally different. Um, it was, it was higher end. I mean, they were still amateurs, but just the girls in, in Montreal and in Quebec, they, they had this certain sexuality that I haven't really seen in, in as many other places. Mm -hmm. Um, because they, they were all doing it just for the fun of it. There, it was not about the money. It was just, this is a fun experience and we're just going to go out and have fun with it. So, so that was definitely a different attitude there as well. Um, but I mean, obviously when, when I got down to Los Angeles, now it was real professionals. Right. And this was a massive cruise and big locations and lots of money and, and, and also more pressure too mm-hmm. right because now you could be you know on a sound stage and there's you know 30 40 people around and and you, you just know everybody's day is riding on you All their right. paycheck the time they get to go home to their kids everything and you would see it sometimes with the grizzled old veterans who were the lighting crew because they could be almost the the, the meanest in a sense mm. of, you know, they want to go home to their kids. Yeah. So if you can't get it together, you could just see the disdain on their faces. Like, yeah. oh, man, like I want to go home. I don't want to be here. Mm. Get it together. So wow. um, yeah, yeah. So it's it was definitely it was a really good learning ground um, and a good teaching apparatus for what I'm doing now with men's coaching because. You know, I, I had to figure all these sort of different things about sexuality out on my own yeah. and how can I overcome all the quote unquote sexual limitations that men come across, right? Mm. How Do you overcome your performance anxiety? How do you last as long until they tell you? Because mm. I mean, it's called the money shot for a reason. Yeah, You don't get paid until you deliver it and you're not allowed to deliver it until they say so. Right, So it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, when I when I coach men, I try and put it in the perspective of, okay, if you're struggling with premature ejaculation in your home with your significant other, she might get a little angry, she might forgive you, you may feel bad, but it's staying within the confines of like, your, your castle, your house, your apartment. When you're on set, and 30 seconds into a scene, you're feeling the, the urge to have an orgasm. And now you look at the clock and you say, wow, I got at least another 59 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I better figure this out. Yeah. I really, I really need to figure this out somehow because I got a long way to go.
2: Yeah. We're, we're going to get into that, but I also wanted to, what were your views towards sex before you got into the adult industry, and then what were they after you started doing this regularly?
1: Yeah, interesting, because I was always very much um, a sort of open-minded free spirit when it came to sex, right? Like I never had any sexual hang-ups of any kind. Um, And I think that was very useful In helping me be so good in the fact that, you know, I didn't have any sort of sexual shame, Mm. like some people could suffer from. So for me, it was, obviously, I'm not going to get naked in front of a bunch of people because they might get offended, but I myself wouldn't get offended. Right. So I didn't, I didn't have any of that um, to hold me back. You know, what's interesting as the years progressed, um, there was more of a deeper understanding of what, of what sexuality was, um, a deeper understanding of what's out there. Mm. And from my own perspective, it was really like fundamentally understanding what I like and what I don't. Like that much I can say with 100% certainty I know what I like. I know what I don't. I've run the gamut of of everything that you could possibly try. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, there's a real sense of self understanding. If that kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, it makes it makes a lot of sense uh, there. It's like what's interesting is it's almost this exploration into what makes sense for you and I think maybe sometimes the outside perspective is that you'll just do anything like you like it every like a person who does this would just be and I think what's important is to get rid of these assumptions about people and understand let's go behind the curtain what is how does this person feel maybe it's very different than what you actually think it is
1: oh yeah it's it's massively different I mean um and, and you would see that with all the actors and actresses, there would be things that they certainly don't like,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, or they may have tried once and they're like, Ooh, that's not for me at all. Yeah. Um, And so you would quickly learn these things about yourself. And, and some of the things too, you wouldn't know until you tried them. That was another thing too, you know, or you yeah. would have this fantasy idea about something. And then, then you'd try it and you'd be like, Oh, this is horrible. Why <laughs> Why would anybody want to do this? You're like that's right? it.
2: No, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that that wasn't exciting at all. Um, so so the sheen would be off of a lot yeah. of things. Um, but yeah, I know, I mean, that's definitely a misconception. I mean, you you would have people that are um, more sexually charged maybe than than others, but then you would have uh, other people that weren't. And simply, Hey, this was a really good way to make money. Yeah. And you would have people that came from all different uh, walks of life. So I can't say that there's like, um, one stereotype of a person that gets into the business. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really exist. You, you, yeah. you have people that come from all sorts of walks of life and, and, you know, because if we look at sexuality, I mean, it's, it's such a fundamental thing. Just, you know inbred in us right yeah. it's like you 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 need water you need food and then right after that it becomes procreation right, right. so so we've all got the urge it's just well okay how are we going to express the urge and then what things are going to hold us back from expressing it especially to the nth degree which is very much like a public domain
2: yeah what surprised you both positively and negatively about being in this industry when you first got into What were some revelations maybe you had? You're like, oh, wow, maybe, or good or bad?
0: Hmm,
1: that's interesting. Um, I would say, if we're gonna say bad, um, it, it definitely took the, 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 the pedestal-like sheen off of women. Because I've seen, well, in the sense of, you know, um, I have been privy to see some of the worst behaviors that women could exhibit at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? And and when we're talking about sort of just scandalous behavior, right? So you're like, oh, okay, like that's how far they can go with it. Mm. Um, But then on the other side, it's like, well, you, you have this chance to, understand things at a level that very few people are ever going to understand because now you, you really get to see mm, the matrix of sexuality in a sense, Ah. right? So you really start to not only understand yourself, but you have, you, you start to see how everybody else's bodies work and you can really see it on the, on the big level. So I think it gives you way more, um, information and understanding of, um, like I said, females, bodies, males, bodies, um, and, and on a, on a, on a, on a level that you're, you're never going to get from a textbook. Like there is no textbook for, (laughs) for, for sex, even though that they like to teach it that way. And that's probably one of, one of the only things that I have sometimes against, um, a lot of the information I see online and, you know, mm. you have these, these sex experts and these sexologists, but <laughs> they've done all the reading in a book, right. And all the theories and the thoughts and everything that I teach is, is just from practical experience, you know, uh, yeah. there's no book learning that, that made me discover these things. It was the, the 5,000 women that I worked with that taught yeah. me all of these things. And, and it's just, it's a, experiential type of education that that just doesn't exist in a book.
2: How did how did sex off camera? Be, how did that start? Did it affect sex when it wasn't on camera with you with personal with relationships with women? Was that different? Or did it enhance it? Like, what was there a difference, a dichotomy, a change in it?
1: well there's always a difference between on camera and off camera in the sense of especially when you're when you're on camera you know i often talk about this in in my books and my writings how you know men have two distinct different types of hard ons and especially if you're suffering from Um, erectile dysfunction or performance anxiety, like your ability to tap into either type of hard-on is sort of essential. You know, there's the, there's the, the, what I call the psychological hard-on or the hard-on of the mind, right? It's that one that we most often associate with because, you know, we make out with a girl, we see a girl, it's like, bam, we get hard, right? It's like, right, right. But it's, it's unreliable and unrepeatable. Mm. And then you have You know, the erection that is purely direct stimulation and focus on sensations. And when you're in the business long enough, you you really learn that they're completely separate. And when you can separate the emotionality from it, it's in some ways very freeing because you understand, like, well, okay, I can I can get hard and not be turned on at all. But I can tap into that to make my body get hard. Yeah. So you start seeing like where, where that line is, and and how you can sort of push your body. So definitely the difference between being on set and and being at home with someone is on set you are more likely tapping into the, um, the hard on of of just purely physical sensation, hmm. um, because you know it's like. There's nothing horny about um, you know twenty people standing <laughs> around. Maybe the director's smoking cigarettes. You know <laughs> the, the the person's curling the hair. I mean you know just none <laughs> of it is 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 that exciting, right? right. I mean it's right. cool and you're you're fine with it, but it's not going to induce some sort of. Um, you know, magical, mystical, you know, psychological hard on, Um, you're going to induce that when you're like, okay, like time to focus, focus on the sensations. Okay, here we go. Off to the races. Um, And, and the thing is, you know, guys at home can can do that, too. It's just, you have to understand how to train your body to do that. And then just understand that when you remove the the emotionality from it, you you always have agency within you to be able to get hard in any sort of circumstance. Yeah. And, and that, you know, more often the, you know, unless it's a real physical problem that you have, most of the erectile dysfunction is, is psychogenic. Right. right? It's, it's a problem right. in your mind mm. and that's what you have to overcome.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. I'm a big believer that like most things in life are a skill and you can learn, you can get mm-hmm. better. Uh, at it. um, So you mentioned a little bit about, you know, 30 seconds, and you're looking at that clock, you're like, whoa, there's a long time left. What happened after that? How do you start the process of training or getting yourself to the point where you're like, okay, this is not intimidating to do 59 an hour for this? What's the process you start partaking in for this?
1: Well, it's multifaceted. Right. And, and that was really what I learned. There was no, you know, in, in my opinion, and what I've seen, there's no quick fix pill, you know, for premature ejaculation, mm. it's a multifaceted approach and you have to sort of play the hand that you have in front of you at the time. Mm. So when I work with guys, I use a combination of supplements um, a combination of what I call the dirty biohacks, which are things that you can do in the moment to give you another minute, another two minutes, right, of time. Um, there's exercises, uh, penile exercises. There's maneuvers of consciousness. Um, there is positioning. Uh, there is breath, uh, and then there is also um, what I uh, conscious masturbation habits that can train your neurology to understand that hey you know we don't typically ejaculate until x amount of time has passed so Mm -hmm. it's it's utilizing all of those and utilizing them depending on on the situation in front of you you know it becomes very much like um you know, it's almost like you 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 are your own Tom Brady, and you get to the line of scrimmage, <laughs> right? And if you don't like what you see, you got to call an audible, audible, you baby, call an audible. Right? Yeah. it's like I love that analogy. <laughs> you know, because I you know the first sort of well, one of the big epiphanies that I had I was early on in my career, um, and I and I talk about this in my book where I talk about the four different types of pussies from the perspective of you understanding that qualitatively they are all different you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not so um it's not so so binary in the fact that most guys are like oh, okay tight or loose right it's like no no, no 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 it's way there's way more than that and it's way more nuanced hmm. um but when i did that that scene i had these these two girls and so it was a three-way and I remember having them both bent over and doggy. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this sort of, you know, back and forth and and high energy for the camera. And I started working with the first girl and it was like five seconds in, I I felt the urge to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Right. And I immediately switched to the second girl thinking like, okay, maybe the the five seconds in between will allow my system time to calm down. And sure enough, it worked. Right. So I could have the next girl. I'm like, man, I could, I could have sex for, you know, an hour, no problem. Right. I got this. I got this. So I think we went on for like, I don't know, four or five minutes. And then I went back to the other girl and it was like five seconds again, again. And then I was like, okay, what's going on here? Why? Right. And I started understanding like, okay, well, what's going on that is, that is creating this. And then it's like, okay, well, now that I'm presented with this, what do I have to do to get myself out of it or to at least push through it? and so you you start to see well okay based on you know the girl in front of me based on the apparatus that i'm working with based on all the factors that are going on what do i need in the moment that can give me another minute another 2 minutes another 5 minutes and there's always something you can do right it's just that for a lot of guys they don't know what all those things are so you know they get in they, they, they start in the first position and, you know, maybe a minute in, right? Because the, the, there's something that I talk about often, which I call the five-minute marker. And this was something that I saw just through my own anecdotal evidence over the, all the years. It, it was the, the golden window that you had to get past. So the, the trouble was that most of us, when we're sensitive, we can't make it to five minutes. But if we could, once you get to about five minutes, now your penis starts to desensitize and you suddenly, you get the reins of it. And you're like, okay, now I got control. I got agency. <laughs> right. I can do this, right? right? But you know, 0.01 second of penetration in until five minutes, it's like, it can be like you're on a roller coaster and you're like, right. whoa, I don't know how to control this thing. So my one of my tenants is, you know, hey, I don't need you to last 40 minutes, I need you to last five. Because if we get to five, now we can get to seven, or we can get to 10, we get to 10, we can get to 20, we get to 20, we can get to 40. But it sort of builds on itself from that perspective. And and now you start to gain control. So the real focus is let's get past that initial wave when you are super sensitive, you know, because it's like it's like anything, if you were to, you know, just rub your finger on your On your skin right now, like at first, it's going to be like, oh, wow, there's sensation there. Keep rubbing long enough, it becomes sort of numb, right? And the same thing is going to happen with your penis. It's just most most of us don't get enough sensation going on to desensitize it because the orgasm happens and, and we're over. And we don't know what are the tactics that we can use in the moment to get us past that five minutes. So that's what I, what I like to tell guys. And what I like to teach them is like, look, you have a lot of options. You just have to understand what they are. And then, like I said, then you're Tom Brady and you're like, okay, I see the situation (laughs) being here before, you know what? We're not going that way. We're going this way, this way. There's a better chance that we can score a touchdown.
2: The game has slowed down. You can process the information a lot better or there. Yeah. What's interesting is that you are teaching this, which also seems curious in the sense that i think a lot of people they don't see the nuance in porn when they're just watching it necessarily they don't know how they think oh this guy can last forever and they don't know they just think this is how it is this must be especially if people that's their introduction to sex it's like mm, okay okay they don't know the secrets. They don't know the things. So it's interesting that you're actually teaching it because they think a lot of people, they just watch and they try to emulate and they're like, why is it working? Or is this the best thing for them? You know?
1: Yeah, well, and that's one of the things too, right? It's it's always interesting because, I mean, when you when you're able to peel back the curtain and you're on the other side and you see what goes on on sets all the time, like there's there is no top performer that i've ever seen that that at some point didn't struggle with um with with, with the fact that they were going to to lose their orgasm yeah. early and they really had to bear down every top actor i've seen go yeah. through that at some point right um but the top ones were always able to you know grind it out get through it however whatever way that it took mm-hmm. um but you may not see that right you're not going right. to see those because either you know the 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 camera's not paying attention to it close enough where you see that they're actually struggling or then the the final footage gets edited and you're like oh look he's a he's a superhero of which there are lots of guys that are superheroes at many different times right so it's it's interesting because it's not it's not fake and this is one of the issues that i have sometimes people are like well porn is fake right or it's not real sex i'm like well that's a misnomer because we are really having it. So it is much more like competitive sports, mm. right? Because you can, again, I'll use the Tom Brady example. You can watch Tom Brady throw to Gronkowski and you're like, wow, that's impressive. I couldn't do that. Like, yeah. um, you know, I couldn't, I can throw a ball. But I can't throw <laughs> it 60 yards. Right. And I can't jump seven feet in the air and catch it, right? But I can throw it. And it sort of becomes the same way, like that. It's like, well, okay, you you are watching people that are professional at what they do, doing it at the highest level, and you shouldn't expect that you are necessarily going to do what they can do. Mm. Otherwise, you'd be the one getting getting paid. <laughs> I can throw a football. Hey, Tom, get out of
2: the way. I'm taking over, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nobody's gonna sense. pay
2: me for that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. What do you think about um, there's there's a report that just came out that Americans are having, and especially young Americans, are having way less sex than they've ever had before. Why do you think that is? You know, that's sort of interesting. I think,
1: well, I think there's a couple of things behind that. I think, first of all, um, I think the societal climate has really made men afraid. and, and it's 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 troubling. It's something that I talk about um, in the terms of of something I call bedroom leadership because there's this paradox, and it's it's really become more and more apparent where you know in in the bedroom there's the there are the things that will turn a woman on physically, you know, turn her on sexually that in any other space they will say they don't like right and and i've seen this time and time again you know it's like you know there you know there's always the big push for equality but trust me in the bedroom they, they don't want it to be equal right they you know, you have to escalate you need to have a little bit of you know ravishment behind you as a man mm. right like the the there there's almost becomes this teacher student dynamic that plays out in, in most sexuality, right? Most women, they want to be submissive in the bedroom. So they may be tigers at work, but they don't want it to be that way in the bedroom. They expect yeah. the man to be the man. Yeah. And now you get a lot of guys where they're so afraid to push hmm. forward the sexual escalation. And and the women are like, hey, I'm not going to do it. Like you're the man, you can
0: do <laughs> it, right?
1: <laughs> so, so I find that a lot of guys are now, fearful you know they're fearful of being me too they're fearful of a lot of things so they're not really pushing it forward yeah and and it's and it's interesting too because i think also on some level we could say that the 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 over sexualization of society has made us less ravenous for it in some way right yeah like i remember when i was a kid yeah i mean i'm I'm 45 you know, if you had the Sears catalog with the lingerie section in it, I mean, that was your skin mag. You're just, like, oh my god, right? It's like, so, so for us, you know, it's like, you, I mean, you saw a girl in a swimsuit, you were like, oh, oh my right. god, I'm so horny right now. No, I mean, you're 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 a ten year old. You got an iPhone. You could watch all the all the porn in the world at your fingertips. Yeah. Which I I don't doubt that most of them do, but that's not necessarily healthy, especially yeah. you, if we're thinking about. The, the bigger picture where I think some guys are just checking out because, you know, they got their iPhone, the, the, the porn and the video games are so easy that stepping out into real life is more taxing. So I think that's, yeah. that's got something to play with it too, because again, like I said, I mean, in, 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 in my youth, I mean, we were, you know, the testosterone hit us. Yeah, and we just, exactly. I mean, it's like, if you were hot, we were after you. And I think now maybe it's, it's not quite the same sort of dynamic.
2: Yeah. Such a great answer to that. I think it straddled both lines of things, which I think is great. Um, And Eric uh, running out of time a little bit here, but listen, man, this was awesome. I love your approach. You're very um, measured, which I really like about how you see sexuality and helping people i think it's great i'd love for you to tell people how they can connect with you your book your coaching uh, i think it's very interesting stuff please fire away
1: yeah well uh anybody that would like to learn more about my techniques to be able to you know get hard in any situation and overcome any sort of anxiety they can just go to crushingperformanceanxiety.com uh, and check me out there or my website which is eric everhard.com And then uh, they can find me on Instagram at uh, at Eric Everhard official.
2: Oh, man. So awesome. Eric, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you, man. It was a pleasure.
2: Most definitely. Everyone, Eric Everhard. Thank you so much. Take care. With the Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices, which adds up
1: to big savings for the win. You also earn fuel points on every purchase, which means you win big at the pump. The Kroger Plus card, all you do is win big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: And now shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.